Hey, what's going on guys? Welcome to Two Man Blitz. I'm Taylor. My name is Daniel. Today is Thursday, January 19th, 2017. Recording this one day late. Normally we get get our uh, our show out on Wednesdays, but with, with scheduling issues, we, uh, we're getting it out a little, a little later this week, so I apologize. We've been waiting around for it. Um, cool thing is we don't have any game today and no game Saturday, so we, we just got the two games on Sunday. It's championship week. It's a uh, it's an awesome week. It's also a lot better when your team is in it. So I'm sorry, Daniel. I know all good. All good. That game was that game was uh, intense, man. It was uh, talking about the Packers Cowboys game. Best game of the off season, or the postseason. Post- oh, me. for sure, for sure. Uh, I mean, that's one of the. It's gonna go down as one of the greatest playoff games of all time. Not the greatest, of course, but definitely it's gonna be up there. Um, my heart was pounding the entire game. I was I was just waiting for that game to be over. You, yeah. t- you texted me in the second quarter, and Packers were up twenty-one to three, and you were like, "Oh, good luck against Atlanta." And I'm like, "Don't do that crap! Don't mm-hmm. do that, man!" And Jinx said, "I was like, I had flashbacks of the uh, the game against Seattle a couple years ago when the Packers you know, gave up the lead with like five minutes left, and sure enough, Dallas came back and almost won." Yeah, it was a good game. Uh, it's hard. I mean, especially with how quick Aaron Rodgers went up on the Cowboys. I was like, wow, this game is going to get out of hand really fast. It reminded me of the uh, the game against the, the Super Bowl, Broncos versus Seattle, how things just started going downhill instantly. First play? Yeah, yeah first play. Obviously, it wasn't first play, but you know that 15-yard penalty on Bryce Butler, I, I was like, yep, this is going to be similar to the Seattle game, and there it went. It went it was quick and... What's your thought about that penalty? I think that's a stupid rule. I mean, how is that unsportsmanlike conduct and not like just a legal substitution? Like, what's the difference there? I have no idea. Like, I, he just was, like, he went into the huddle and he went out. Like, how's that unsportsmanlike conduct? Like, I get, like, maybe a legal substitution, having too many guys in the huddle or something, but 15 yards for that? Like, I thought that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was just a lot of. I mean, if you haven't figured out a, a, a pattern this season, is that. The zebras have been terrible all season, all season. So I'm not gonna blame that on this game, but the, I mean, there's clearly a need for improvement somewhere. But yeah, don't be Travis Kelsey, man. No, no, obviously oh. not. But you can tell there's been a total drop off in in referee in, in officiating crews this year. I think. I never want to. I never want to blame refs for anything. I never want, even if a loss comes and there's some questionable penalties, I never want to put it on the refs just because. If they're if they're missing calls, they're using missing calls for both ways, and yep. you can't you can't let them decide the game. If you let them decide the game, it's just I think it's usually just an excuse for for that team to to say why they lost. Yeah, um, yeah, like Travis Kelsey for example. You know, like what what he said about the refs, how like you know the refs shouldn't even work at Foot Locker. Like, think about yourself, bro. I mean, you dropped a you know a fifty yard pass down to the five yard line would have been a huge play. You had an unsportsmanlike conduct or unnecessary roughness call because you pushed the guy after the play like really hard in front of a ref. Like, you're an idiot, dude. Yeah. Don't don't blame it on the refs. Man. Absolutely. You know, you got to be accountable for yourself, man. You didn't you didn't play well. You didn't show up, and you should be you should be blaming yourself, not blaming the refs on losing that game. And he he's been doing that all season too. How many he's a uns- hothead, man. unsportsmanlike conducts has he got? Throwing the flag at the the ref back at the ref, and was that the game he got ejected? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Pushing people and then. Yeah, yeah. He's just, he's like, not, he doesn't really have room to talk because he's been doing it all season. Yeah. He's all pro, man. If you're an all pro, man, you need to act like one. Mm-hmm. Not like an immature little guy. Yeah. All right. Got a couple things I want to I shout out here. Um, don't know if anybody saw this. Cause I know Daniel didn't see it. So maybe this isn't as popular as I thought. There's a rumor that came out, or actually, actually not, not just a rumor, but a fact. Um, there's a new football league coming out. It's called the Pacific Pro Football League. It's going to debut in 2018. It's going <clears> to <throat> take place in California. There's going to be four teams uh, in Southern California. What it is, it's something that uh, kids out of high school can do instead of going to college. So you have to be graduated from, co- from high school. You can't be in college. <clears throat> you haven't, and you can't be out of high school for more than three years so basically what the requirements are to get in the nfl like you can't meet those requirements so you have to be um less than three years out of high school okay feel me um the and then what the the cool thing about this is it's they're actually gonna be paying the players so their average salary of about fifty thousand dollars so for players that come out that want to get paid 
this might be a little competition for college football. Players may start going over to this. I think it would take a little while, but I mean, they're I mean, they've been talking about paying players in the NCAA for a long time, and um, they haven't they haven't been able to do it. And this could be you know one of those leagues like where you know maybe you know we hear stories about like like Peyton Barber last year who's whose mom was homeless and he declared for the draft just because he wanted to get some money so he could help his mom out. You know, this could be something like that, like where players like that can go into this and still play competitive football for three years, but instead of going to college, they do this and get paid to do it. So it's interesting. I think it's being, it started by, I think, Tom Brady and his agent. You know, don't don't quote me on that. I think that's what I read, but um, yeah, it's going to debut in 20, um, 2018, so next summer. Um, in uh, next next winter, they're hoping to sign players, and then the following summer, they're expected to play. So, um, curious to see what that looks like. Yeah, it also includes uh, Ed McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey's yeah, dad. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's that's also who's going to be found. And I'm just reading up a little bit on it now that you brought it up, and it's really interesting too because you can still apply for the draft after the three years, mm-hmm. which is great. And yeah, I mean, there there might be kids out there that are you know balling in high school, but. You know, they didn't have the grades to cut it or, or whatever, yeah, but they're exactly. clearly great athletes. And maybe this is a way for them to still be able to play football, but it sounds like they really want them to seek some sort of academic uh, direction at one point. It's one of the things talked about that they are still looking into the, having them get their sort of education. But how awesome it would be to get paid and then, like, use some of that to go do some school, like, whether it be for sure any anything like whatever it is so. whether afterwards or like yeah. you know because if they don't make it to the pros i mean that's they got some money now they can go they can go to school get their education um or if they go to the pros when they get out of the pros you know they can they can get their education at that time yeah. or they can do it while they're you know off season too see, you, you see athletes all the time getting their degrees yeah. and stuff yeah you think about in um in the nba players in the NCAA don't get paid to play college basketball, but some players will go overseas and play like in Europe and Asia and stuff out of high school and they'll, they'll get paid to do that. Um, so it's, and you know, like Ricky Rubio, for example, like, you know, he was, I think he was from Spain, you know, he played out there for long enough, you know, like, well, he grew up out there, but you know, he, he played enough professionally out there to where he was still eligible for the draft whenever he was, um, whenever he came out. So yeah, it could be, it could be interesting. You could start seeing some pretty good players go there. Yeah, I'm curious to see how that evolves. That'd be that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple more things. Uh, Chargers moved to LA this past week. It was uh, they've been talking about it for a while, but they finally made the decision. Chargers fans don't Const- don't seem too happy about that. <laughs> not not at all. Uh, Burning flags and throwing eggs at the eggs at- corporate office for the Chargers. <laughs> Um, I didn't. You didn't see this kind of stuff with the Rams when the Rams moved. Like it was like okay, like whatever. Like well, there wasn't yeah. a lot of people upset. I mean, nobody went to Rams games anyway. Chargers at least had a, a fan that base. That was a baseball city. True, St. Louis. True. The Rams had a fan base. Or sorry, the Chargers had a fan base in San Diego though. And yep. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing. I don't. I don't know why you would choose L.A. There's already a team in L.A. Um, I mean, you saw the last Rams game. There was nobody there. In L.A., man, if you're not performing well, people aren't going to go to your games. Or if, if you're not the Dodgers, nobody's going to your games. Well, or, the, even, or the Lakers. Look at the Angels this past <clears> year. The Angels, when the Angels are playing well, their stadium's full. But this past year, they didn't play very good, and that place was empty. Yeah. So, I I mean, I don't know. I can't see. There's a reason why the NFL wasn't in L.A., and there's a reason why they left L.A. a long time ago. Because it didn't work out. Yeah. Maybe second time around, it'll work. They, the other thing too is they're sharing a stadium, mm-hmm. so you're gonna have conflicted Rams fans and and Chargers fans. It's like the Jets and Giants, so yeah. I mean, well, those uh, fans are passionate though. Yeah, like the about the Jet, like yeah, the Jets for sure, and the Giants. That's a different type of fan base. In L.A., they just wanna they root for whoever's winning. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Lakers aren't doing that well, and they, I mean, yeah, the Lakers games will still be okay, but not like kobe days you know yeah yeah well, la is just a i don't know it's it's i don't think it's a city for football that's exactly like you, your point like well, that's a reason why they moved from la yeah. back in when they did mm-hmm. well, well we'll see how that we'll see how that works um right now the chargers are gonna be playing in the same stadium that the uh la galaxy play in it only holds thirty thousand people so you think about like um what is what is it is just texas stadium is that what it's called or what is it called now what are you talking about? Cowboy Stadium? AT&T? Oh, it's AT&T Field? 
Yeah. Legend 2 Stadium? Uh-huh. Okay. That place holds, like, what, 100,000 people? Something like that, yeah. Where, where, where Michi- the Michigan Wolverines play, it holds, like, 120,000? Well, they, 30, they showed a stat that the the stadium, the star in, in Dallas, where all the high school championships are held, yeah. the Texas high school football, yeah. that stadium holds more people than where the Chargers are going to be playing. Wow. It holds, like, 40-some thousand, and where the Chargers playing only holds, like, 30, 30-some, 30 35. I hope they can sell it out. That'd be cool. It wouldn't be hard to do. What, but if they, what if they didn't sell it out? That'd be sad. I mean, we'll have to see. I don't know. They can always be back to San Diego, I guess. Yeah. But there's a lot of San Diego fans that are jumping ship. Like, they're not going to follow the Chargers over. Like, people asking. Like, I mean, how would you feel? I mean, if, if, if you're... If the the team that you've grown up, you know, rooting for your entire life, you're passionate about, they got taken away from you and moved somewhere else. Like, yeah. I'd be pretty pissed. Yeah, that's true. I don't know how I could just switch teams though like if I rooted for like let's say you know this would never happen but if the Packers got taken away from Green Bay and they moved to like Iowa or something like that I, I feel like I'd still be a Packer fan like I feel like I'd have to because I can't hold it against the players the players the team that I've been rooting for yeah. it's, it's ownership that I'd be making that decision yeah. so part of the know. team's history like yeah. the history they were the Green Bay Packers yeah maybe and I'm not a fan of San Diego so I don't want to totally speak for them but maybe um fans in san diego let it just take some time to kind of digest and they'll start just traveling north go to la la is not that far it's a couple hours yeah absolutely yeah a couple other things here uh there were a bunch of head coaching hires this past week the la chargers hired anthony lynn who's a former build office coordinator no weird saying that the la chargers Chargers. and get used to it i still say st louis rams (laughs) the la rams so both la teams got new coaches sean mccoy Former Redskins offensive coordinator. He's the youngest coach, head coach ever. He's 30 years old. Makes me feel pretty pathetic. I turned 28 here in like two weeks, and I'm not anywhere as successful as this guy. Dude, so. don't worry about that. Like, <laughs> I got I got three years, man, and I'll be a head coach. Do you? We talked about it the other day. These guys have are in with people, and that's why they get to where they're at. Yeah. Bills Bills hired Sean McDermott as their head coach. Former Panthers defensive coordinator. Broncos hired Vance Joseph, former Dolphins defensive coordinator, as their head coach. And the uh, Jaguars, they hired Doug Marone. He was the interim coach. Doug um, Maroney. 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 After uh, uh, Gus Bradley got fired, you know, which was way overdue. Um, the 49ers are the last coaching job still available. Uh, supposedly, uh, Kyle Shanahan, that's that's basically his job once the Falcons season's over. He's the offensive coordinator for the Falcons, so he's expected to take the, the Niners job once the playoffs conclude a couple other things here uh wade phillips wade phillips got hired as a rams offensive co- or a defensive coordinator that's it's a good sign this rams defense is going to be so good it's going to be good he's a he's a good coordinator man he wasn't a good coach in dallas but he's a good coordinator he did it in houston he did it in denver um the rams got a terrific roster so if sean mccoy can bring bring the offense and wade phillips can bring the defense watch out um Two more things. Browns are expected to pursue Tyrod Taylor if he's released by the Bills, which is, I don't know why the Bills would do that. I don't know who they expect to play quarterback for him. But, um, and then uh, Brandon Marshall and Tony Romo are also expected to be released once the uh, new year starts. So we will see. What now, happens. is that Brandon Marshall receiver or Brandon Marshall linebacker? Receiver. Oh, okay. Receiver for the Jets. Okay. And he's expected to want some money. So. Yeah. He's. I mean, he's still got it in him. Absolutely. He looks good. He just got stuck in a bad situation this yeah. past year. He thought it was going to pan out when it didn't. Cool. So we're going to, here in a minute, we're going to get into the, the divisional, divisional round recap, and then we're going to preview the conference championship games. Um, if you guys are, are want to follow us on, on social media, you can follow us on Twitter, at the Two Man Blitz. Email us, the Two Man Blitz at gmail.com. If you have any feedback or any thoughts uh, on what we can do to improve the show, I mean, if you're listening on iTunes, if you could take a minute out of your day, go on there, give us a ranking and review. It would really help us out. Um, you know, we really we really enjoy doing this show. It, it started out as just me and Daniel just wanting to talk football, and that's what we've always done, and just recording it. But we'd love for it to, you know, get more viewers and have more people listening. So we, we think the content's pretty good, but we don't really know. But we'd like to get some more viewers. So, yeah, go on iTunes go on, or go on uh, SoundCloud if you want to give us a ranking and review. Uh, but let's move on, man. Let's move into the, uh, the divisional round games. We're going to start in the AFC. The number four seeded Texans played the number one seeded Patriots. Patriots won 34 to 16. The game was a lot closer than this. It was uh, at, in the first half, it was 14 to 13. Early in the second quarter, 
game looked at like it had some potential. The uh, the Patriots weren't doing too much. The Texans were controlling the ball. Texans, uh, they dominated the time possession in the first half, 18 to 12 minutes. Um, but then the second half happened, and um, <laughs> Bill O'Brien was like, Brock Osweiler, go win us this game, and we know how that works. Uh, yeah, the, I, I got to watch part of this game. Um, and, and from what I saw, you know, in the first first quarter, I was like, man, this is, is this really going to happen to Tom Brady in the divisional? Like, what, how odd for him to go out so early. And then Brock Osweiler decided to turn into Brock Osweiler again and had a kind of a bad stretch in the back half of the game. I don't know. I Is he getting, like, at some point you have to get better. Like, it's only so far that you can fall before finally you're like, all right, time to climb this mountain and get better. But maybe he's already reached his peak <laughs> and now he's on the decline. I don't know, but, I mean... Some of the okay, a couple of plays I can't really blame on Osweiler. Like one of the specific throws he had, he put it right in Will Fuller's arms, and Will Fuller dropped the ball. It was a sure touchdown. Probably would have changed the momentum of the game. Which okay, that was in the first half, yeah, I saw that. I mean, yeah, that part of it, like maybe Osweiler needs to make more of those throws. But that was probably one of the better throws of the half that he made. And then as the game started to go on, it just they just started to Snowball. crumble and fall apart. And so. Maybe there's teams that actually aren't like the Broncos. They need like the Broncos benefited from having Peyton Manning in there. I think that's the reason why they won the Super Bowl is because obviously he was a game manager and he knew what he had to do to keep them in the game. And the defense can't do everything all they the also, time. They also had one of the greatest defenses ever. Like, right. That defense was way above. I mean, Texans defense is good. Don't get me wrong, but that Denver defense was special. It was. Yeah. You know, they could hold it. The opposing team to 12 points and still win 13 to 12. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, back to the Will Fuller. Will Fuller, the, you know, the one that thing, the negative thing about him um, in the draft was that he dropped balls during college because he has small hands. So, yeah, that was a, that was a big drop. That could have been a big play. You know, if it was just a normal drop, if it was nerves, what it was, but that would have been a big play in the game. Gave Osweiler some confidence, but he wound up with three picks all in the second half. Um, Texans, they just couldn't keep the ball, man. They just they just kept giving it back to the Patriots. They, they punted the ball eight times, turned the ball over three times, which were the three picks. Um, but bouncing over the Patriots, man, a um, couple of good things. Uh, Deion Lewis had a big game. He had three touchdowns, rushing, receiving, and had a kick return. Um, but other than that, man, uh, I wasn't – I know it looks like they won by 18, but I wasn't terribly impressed with the Patriots. You know, maybe that was the having the bye week. They came out a little sluggish. Um, Brady had had two interceptions in this game. He was only 18 of 38. They struggled to run the ball. Um, Deion Lewis and LeGarrette Blunt they combined for 21 carries for 72 yards, which is about 3.4 yards per carry. Um, and they also turned the ball over three times, but were able to capitalize off all the Texan mistakes. So I, I think it helped that they played the Texans this week. Um, if they play like that this week against the Steelers, the Steelers will definitely capitalize on those Patriot mistakes. But I'm sure Bill Belichick will get them get them set for the, the conference championship game this week. Mm-hmm. I don't see them coming out flat like this again. No, I don't think so. Yeah. There's just, I mean, yeah, like, I guess it's nice that they played the Texans because they didn't really have that dominant of an offense. So they for them to get it together towards the end of the game and shake off the rust is, is nice to see, and at least it was against them. But they can't, they have to get to a quick start against the Steelers and get up because that offense is so good. And I'm, I don't think they will this week, though. I think they'll come out firing. Yeah, I think you'll see the old, like the regular Patriots. Let's move on to the other uh, AFC game. Uh, it was the number three seeded Steelers at the number two seeded Chiefs. Steelers won eighteen to sixteen. This game was pretty exciting. It came down to you know uh, the last couple minutes of the game. Um, it was really boring for the first three quarters. It wasn't until like the last quarter where it, like it got a little bit excitement. Um, the the Chiefs scored with about three minutes left. They were down eight. I think it was eighteen to ten. Scored a touchdown. Went for two. On the two-point conversion, they scored, but there was a, um, a questionable holding call, which I think was why Travis Kelsey was so upset. Um, bumped them back 10 yards, and then they they couldn't convert on the second two-point conversion attempt, and that's how they lost 18-16. to 16. But the fact that it came down to that, you know, it, it shouldn't have to. Yeah, it de- uh, he definitely held James Harrison. If you watch the replay, He pulls him down. Yeah, I mean, there's not... I like to, it's, a, it's an easy call to make, but... Yeah, you can't really 
you have to you have to win in regulation. Like I, I think that's what you were talking about earlier mm-hmm. with with the refs. Like you can't blame the refs on your loss. Like win in regulation and don't allow it to be a refs game. Mm-hmm. You know. So I think this game is like a clear indication. Like don't why do you have to allow? Why do you need the refs to win? Like you don't need the refs to win. You should be able to win in the regulation. And they had plenty of chances. Yeah, they did. But they allowed they allowed the Steelers to hit. Uh, excuse me, th- pretty much four field goals. In a, like in a row almost and that was what won them the game they, they scored all field goals they didn't even scored six field goals six yeah. field goals no touchdowns yeah. uh, Le'Veon Bell 30 carries 170 yards he's a he's a beast um, Big Ben man second game in a row he didn't look very impressive uh, only 224 yards no touchdowns he had a pick he's got three interceptions in, his, in two postseason games this year um, the two touchdowns he's had in this postseason were just to Antonio Brown and Antonio Brown did all the work they were just you know short passes yep in, in Big Ben's postseason career, he's got 24 touchdowns, 22 interceptions. So, not great numbers. He does have two Super Bowls, but those aren't those aren't great numbers. Yeah. For the Chiefs, man, they only had 227 yards of total offense, which just isn't going to get it done against a, a team like the Steelers. Um, Tyree Kill, he didn't see a, a ton of touches, and he didn't make a huge impact on the game. He only had seven touches for 45 yards, and... I went back and looked at this, man. Um, the Chiefs, they only have one playoff victory since playing in the AFC Championship in 1993. Holy crap. They've been in a lot of playoff games, but they haven't They haven't won. The only team they beat was the Texans last year. And I went back and I was looking at every single year, and I swear they had lost the, the Colts like seven times in the last 20 years. <laughs> well, I mean, that's Peyton Manning's fault. So Yeah, a lot of Peyton Manning. <laughs> a lot of Peyton Manning. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about this game? Uh, yeah, I, I think they needed to get Tyreek Hill involved a lot more. I feel that they used him more of as a decoy to get the rest of the offense going, but I mean, at some point you gotta let you gotta let him go. I mean, there was a reason he won. He got All Pro as a returner for a reason, and so I think that they need to they needed to get him just a little bit more involved. And you talked about Kelsey earlier. Kelsey had some key plays where he just screwed his team over. And when it comes to, to you know a playoff game, you can't do that, especially against you know the Steelers. They they find ways to win. You you can't like pushing a guy down and things like that. It, it only hurts your team. So I, the, I think the the penalties piling up and not getting Travis or Tyreek Hill involved hurt them in the long run. Yeah, I, f- I feel bad for the Chiefs, man, because they they had a really good team this year, and, and this seems to be the same story every year, man. They get to the playoffs and then they just they just fall flat. Yep. They can't they can't get past the divisional round. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the NFC. We had the number three seeded Seahawks at the number two seeded Falcons. Falcons dominated this game. Uh, they won 36 to 20. wasn't even that close. Uh, Seattle went up seven nothing after the first drive of the game. You're like, all right, all right. Seattle might be able to to hang with the Falcons. After that, after that touchdown drive, though, it was all Atlanta. Uh, it was 36 to 13 at one point late in the fourth quarter um, before the uh, Seahawks just got like a meaningless touchdown towards the end. But Matt Ryan, man, he might be the MVP. It's between him and a, and a number 12, but he looked good. 26 of 37, 338 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. He, he, he shredded that Seattle defense up and down. It's impressive. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, their offense is so, it clicks. It's crazy how, like, one piece fits to this piece, and this piece fits, to, and those two pieces fit to another piece. Like, everything they do is so, like, I don't even know, I, I, I can't even explain it how, if everything just fits like they get Tevin Coleman going and look Julio's like prospering right after that then they get like Taylor Gabriel going and then oh Tevin Coleman prospers then they get Julio going and like a tight end is doing is doing things and it's so crazy how they spread the ball around to everybody they don't just like it's not just one person doing it and it's it's insane to see how their offense clicks it's hard to shut that offense down because right Obviously, number 11, Julio Jones is going to be the number one guy you'd want to try to shut down. But if you shut him down, take him away. I mean, you got Taylor Gabriel, you got Mohamed Sanu, you got the two running backs. You got Hooper, tight end. Austin Hooper. The, the two headed monster at running back, Coleman and uh, Freeman, they had 204 total yards in this game, two touchdowns. So, you know, they did their part. Yeah. Ryan did his part. Devontae uh, Freeman led in receiving yards, too. He had 80 yards receiving. Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, Julio had like about 60, I think, yards in this game, but he got hurt. Uh, later in the game, he ended up coming back. I think he's supposed to be fine for this week, but he's been injured a lot this year. Yeah, so they're they're resting him this week and just going through normal stages of getting him ready for the game. So the only good piece of news after the Seahawks is Devin Hester played a big part in this game. 
Um, he had five returns for 194 yards, including a 78-yard kick return. He also had an 80-yard punt return that got ran down to like the seven-yard line, but it got called back because of a penalty. And it's stuff like that that caused Seahawks to, to kind of fall flat in this yeah. game and not be able to catch up with the, the Falcons. There was also a, a report that came out that uh, Richard Sherman had a really, really bad knee injury that he hadn't really told anybody about. So who knows how long he'd been playing this season with that, considering, I mean, their defense is still stout. I wouldn't count their defense out. But, you know, you just kind of wonder, like, get right. Like, imagine if he would have been right for this game to go one-on-one with Julio. I don't know. I just don't like the fact that some players keep their injuries to themselves. They're tough. They want to be yeah. out there for their yeah, team. Yeah, you want to and, play. Yeah. But you look at the long t- like look at look at the long in the long run, you you want to be ready for the playoffs. Like this is where this is where you make this is where you get a ring. This is how you set your set yourself in in history with the NFL. So I think I don't know. I don't think that's going to be the cause of the loss, but it's just something very interesting to see. Yeah. Wilson was under a lot of pressure in this game. He only got sacked three times, but he was constantly under heat. It seemed like he had six carries for 49 yards, but those were pretty much on all scramble plays while he was under pressure. So um, if, if Russell Wilson wasn't a mobile quarterback, he probably gotten sacked like five or six times. Yeah. Easily. That, that offensive line has to be the number one thing they address yeah. this offseason. If they don't, they're going to have another tough year next year. Um, they had that big safety play because of that. Yeah, yeah, they did. Well, also because the backup right guard stepped on Russell Wilson's foot. Very true. Hands on. You know the defense hasn't recorded an, an interception in the six games without Earl Thomas? Isn't that crazy? You could almost <laughs> call Earl Thomas the defensive MVP of the league because look how important he is to this team when he's not in there. Like, this is a completely different defense without him. They, It's crazy how much one player impacts a defense. It, it's almost like you take your starting quarterback off your team, you take Tom Brady off the Patriots, take Matt Ryan off the, the Falcons, put him out for a couple of weeks. That's basically the equivalent of Earl Thomas being out for the Seahawks. Yeah, dude. It's, it's, it's crazy. And he he's so smart. He's fat. Dude, he he is he he's the X factor in that defense. Oh, he's part of our top combo. Yeah, and you talked about it last week how like when Earl Thomas is in there, he can man the back end and allows Cam Chancellor to kind of do his thing up up near the box. So Without having Earl Thomas in there, you take that away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll be they'll be a good team next year, though. I mean, people are saying like, oh, you know, the Seahawks defense, you know, they're done. They're not going to be as great as they were. They'll be all right. They'll get Earl Thomas back next year. They still got they still got a good squad. Pete Carroll's a good coach, so they'll be all right. Yeah, they're not losing anything crazy either. No, they just got to fix that offensive line. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the last game of the week. Uh, this was a. Uh, Probably the best game of the weekend we talked about a little earlier. This is the number four-seeded Packers at the number one-seeded Cowboys. My team it's versus Daniel's great team. Great game. Great game. Packers won 34-31. If you didn't see this, I would suggest finding some bootleg place to watch it online. <laughs> Check NFL Network. They're always replaying games. Watch this game. This game was a classic. It was fantastic. It had everything you want in a uh, playoff game. Green Bay went up 21-3 in the first half. That's when Daniel texted me and said it was over. Basically. Dallas came back with a pair of Des Bryant touchdowns to tied in the late uh, late in the fourth quarter. Teams traded field goals. It was about 31-31, and, and that's when Rodgers took over, and I, th- I think that he showed why he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. In, in my opinion. You can't deny that. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that play here in a second. And then um, after that, it set up a, the game-winning 51-yard field goal by, by Mason Crosby, who hit it twice. Yeah. You know, he hit the first one, it was right down the middle, and Jason Garrett called a timeout, and I was like, crap. And then he hit a second time. That second one, because it was knuckling, it started to go out, and I was like, oh. And then it just slid yeah. right back. He had one earlier, the one, the 55-yard or two knuckled yeah, yeah. just like that yeah. inside the uprights. He's, I, think he's made, I think they said he's made now 23 straight postseason kicks. That's incredible. There was the uh, our, This game right here had the most 50-yard field goals in NFL history kicked. In the postseason? Mm-hmm. So he had he had he only had two. Did did Dan Bailey had a fifty some yard or did two? Did he as well? Yes. Interesting. Um, no, maybe it's playoff record because Justin yes. Justin Tucker hit Play, like four. playoff record. Okay. Not not put regular season playoff record. Okay. So let's go back to the play. Um, this, you know, I watched a. Let me explain what it is first. So uh, it was about it was third and twenty. There was about 
15 seconds or so left, 20 seconds, something like that. Something like that. Um, Packers were at their own, like, 30-yard line. They needed to get downfield to, you know, get in position to throw a Hail Mary, a field goal. I mean, I, I didn't even think a field goal was going to be an option where they were at in the field. Um, Cowboys only blitzed three. Rodgers kind of rolled out of the pocket, ran to the sideline. Uh, while running towards the sideline, thrown against his body, he threw a dime to Jared Cook along the sideline, and Jared Cook made a, uh, a diving grab and, and, and dragged his feet. You know, watching that play, people kept focusing on like, "Oh, what a great catch! What a great catch!" Look at the pass, man. The pass is the pass made the catch. That's, I mean, I want your opinion, but like that was one of the best throws I've ever seen. Just all that went into that throw and what had to be done to get that ball where it was. It's one of the most clutch throws I've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. it was incredible. Absolutely, man. Like, I talk, I've talked about this with some of my coworkers, like at. At work, you know, they're asking me like, "Are you oh, like, are you pissed? Are you still?" I'm like, "No, I'm not upset." I was like, "You asked, you asked two rookies and to go toe to toe one of the best quarterbacks, arguably like probably the best quarterback of this era, and try to beat him at a, at a in a shootout game." And I mean, obviously, there's like the game was close, which I'm thankful for. Obviously, I don't I don't like that we lost. Yeah. But there's a reason why Aaron Rodgers does what he does, and there's a reason why every single year Green Bay is always a contender and they're always this elite team, and it's because of him. And there's, I mean, Jason Garrett said it. People saying like, "Oh, Rodgers is getting hot." He's like, "No, Rodgers has been hot for like the last nine years." Yeah, he has. You, I mean, I'm not a Dallas fan, so I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to speak for you and the Dallas fan base, but just. After watching that play and how well and how well Rodgers played in that game, you just got to tip your hat to him, man. Absolutely, you, your team didn't do anything wrong. Like Dallas played phenomenal. Only only thing I'd say Dallas, well, a couple of things they did wrong, but I, they they did come out sluggish. You know, I think the bye week had something to do with that. Yep. They didn't play very well in the first quarter. Um, Dak played phenomenal. I was impressed with Dak. Dak was not the problem even early in the game. It, he was not. Um, but uh, back to the. The play real quick before we, we do the rest of the game. I watched last night. Uh, they had a on a NFL's website. They had the top ten Rogers top ten playoff throws. Um, and this throw was number six. Which I, I hope the hail mary was number one. The hail mary was one, and the hail mary before that was two. You remember the one? It was like fourth and twenty. They were the one four yard line. I went back and watched that one, and I was I forgot how incredible that throw was. The Jeff Janis that set up the. You know the, the the hail mary. Yeah, the that. one where he rolled out to the left, like mm-hmm. basically in the end zone. Yeah, did the same thing. Yeah, that's the greatest throw I've ever seen. The one where he threw the hail mary, just to be able to roll out with all that pressure and throw the ball up and, and get it on on target. That's one of the best throws I've ever seen. That was probably the best, one of the best playoff games I've ever seen as well yeah. last year. Uh, but let's let's move on to this game, man. Um, let's talk about the Cowboys first. Um, I'm gonna give you real quick. I'm gonna say what what I thought. Why. They lost this game. What they did, they did wrong. Absolutely. And then let you know. Let me know what you think. Yep. Um, they didn't run the ball enough. No. Zeke had 22 carries for 125 yards. That's almost six yards a carry. I know 22 carries sounds like a lot, man, but I think Dak threw it 39 times. Zeke should have had 30 carries, man. He was running all over the Packers every time he got the ball. You you would see the Packers defensive line like stop him like one yard down the field, and then all of a sudden he'd have like a six yard run. Like he would just just fall forward six yards. It's, it was incredible. Their offensive line was dominating the line of scrimmage. Um, that, I think, was the, the number one why they lost the game. And I think they, they struggled on third downs in the first half. And they had a couple penalties that kind of allowed them to um, settle for field goals and other stuff than uh, they get first downs. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I, yeah, I mean, Zeke, 22 yards, 125 yards. 5.7-yard average in the in the playoffs is kind of unheard of. You know, you think about these teams that go to the playoffs that really defenses and things like that. Uh, I think what you saw in this game, they kind of just said, go ahead, Dak, like you, you do what you – you go ahead, run the offense, and which he did, and this is why he threw 38 times. I mean, previous to this, I can't remember the last game where he threw as many times as he did this game. And they got down 21-3, to so I, I get that they had to abandon the run a little bit, but as they started to kind of crawl back in it, there were plays where I felt they should have ran, specifically towards the end of the game when the field goal, they got to tie it. I mm-hmm. think they should have tried to give the ball to Zeke, run it, see if he gets the first down, he doesn't get the first down. Uh, you know, Packers have to waste a timeout. And so there was just some small things like that, but again, I don't... This is a good game overall. I, I'm I'm glad it ended how it ended. I'm glad it wasn't just a, a 
the Packers destroying Dallas. Yeah. But it kind of, I think Dallas needs to open their eyes like they've been trying to do for the last three or four years, and they need to re-up on defense. Because yeah. defense made a huge difference in this game. They couldn't make stops on when they needed to stop Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, that's a very, very hard thing to do, but... I mean, task. I think that was the difference. It's, it's, yeah, it's the toughest. It's the toughest task. Like, hey, stop Tom Brady. Like, that's the same. It's the equivalent. Yeah. It's uh, you know, the, the the best way to stop someone like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers is not put the ball in their hand, and you do that by controlling the clock, running the ball. Um, you know, when we get to the Steelers and Patriots game, previewing that, like, expect another thirty carries from Le'Veon Bell. I yeah. mean, that's the only way you stop Tom Brady is don't let him touch the yeah. ball and. I think the Cowboys had the opportunity to do that in this game, and they just, I, I they would just rather put the ball, the the hand in the ball of Dak and let him throw it. And, and Dak's a, a great passer, don't get me wrong, but I, I just feel like they really just underutilize Zeke in this game. Yep. For the Packers, I, I know we talked about the play, you know, the third and twenty throw, the thirty-six yard throw to Jared Cook. I don't even think that was the most important play of the game. The most important play of the game was it was third and three when Dallas had the ball with like 40 seconds left, and Nick Perry knocked down that that throw at the line because if he had knocked down that throw, Des Bryant had that catch and he had a first down, no doubt first down, and they would have kicked a field goal to to tie the game right there. And but there would have been no time on the clock. There would have been no time for for Rodgers to go down the field. So that was the biggest play that I saw because um, that left all that time on there. Um, What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it was a game changer. Um, I also think another big play that that helped seal it was when Dak spiked the ball. I don't think he should have spiked the ball when he when he did. He should have just kept kept running the offense. Defense was clearly not in a in a stopping mode at the point, and so burn a burn a throw. If you burn a throw, you're in the same exact position with less time on the clock for Rodgers. So, yeah. um, but I mean, don't take it away from Rodgers, man. Like that's. Yeah. That throw is the reason why he's there's a reason why he's been MVP and he's won a Super Bowl. He's been there before. Yeah. So Roger had three hundred and fifty six yards in this game, two touchdowns. He had one pick. The pick, um, if you if you go back and rewatch it, Devontae Adams stopped his route. Um, he paused his route and then kept running. The ball was a little inside, but if Adams had kept running, he could have caught that ball. No doubt yeah. he could have caught that. Rogers will tell you, like, you know, he didn't throw the best ball, but that one's on Adams. Yeah. That's the way absolutely. I saw it. And he had a hurt ankle too, so I could only imagine how much pain he was in at yeah. the point of. That ankle injury looked really bad during the game. Yeah, um, I'm surprised he came back. They're saying the, the injury is pretty severe. Said he might play this week. So yeah. um, apparently, it's only a sprain, from what I've read. High so, ankle sprain. The high ankle sprain yeah, can keep the, you out for a couple yeah. weeks sometimes. So two years ago, did it to, or last year did it to Randy Gregory. He was out for seven games. Yeah. So we'll see. Y'all need to stop drafting like these the thugs. These, these thugs out of it in college, man. I know. It ain't working out too well. I know. For you. I know. Trust me. One thing I gotta say though, dude, your future looks good, man. The Cowboys' future looks really good. Like this is gonna be a team that's gonna be content for the NFC every single year the next ten years, man. Dak and Zeke, you forget they're rookies, man. They had home field advantage in the playoffs. Like they're gonna be a really good team um, for a while. So yeah, yeah be on the watch out. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, before we get into the the preview of the, the championship games this weekend, um, like I said earlier, you can follow us on Twitter at the Two Man Blitz. Email us the Two Man Blitz at gmail.com if you have any feedback, any thoughts on our picks on our matchups um if you have any any suggestions for for what you want to see from the show um we are gonna we're are gonna still have shows during the off season don't, so don't think that i was just about to ask oh. you if you were gonna talk about off season so we we, <laughs> we don't have like a like a like the full plan laid out yet um but a little snippet um we're probably gonna go down to a show once every two weeks we we, we one show every week might be a, a little a little much because there's only so much content you can talk about during the off season but our plan is to um, do a lot of studying on a lot of the like, the rookies coming out, a lot of the guys going into the draft, and then give you our analysis. I'll give our give you our analysis of those guys and what we we think of them. You know, maybe where they're gonna wind up at. Maybe do a mock draft. Um, you know, we're definitely gonna watch the combine, and then in March we'll get into to free agency and what that looks like. And then you know, um, I think late April or May you'll have you'll have the draft, and then um, during the summer it's kind of a little a little downtime. Um, and then we'll get back into the season in August. But yeah, probably during the off season, we'll probably just have one show every two weeks. So look out for that. Um, but for right now, we're just gonna keep doing it every week. Yeah. So. And I and I think more of the reason why we're doing a a show every two weeks is because it gives us time to actually do some good research and, and give you some good analysis on the draft picks and things like that. And so you'll see a, you'll see good content coming out from us. We're not gonna 
you know do anything 50% we always go 100% on everything so we'll that's kind of what a, I was just going to ask you too it's funny I was like you can talk about the off season what that looks like mm-hmm. so um, expect that from us every you know every couple weeks we'll be having a show but there'll be there'll be still be great shows alright man let's get into these games man these games should be good we're going to start with the AFC um, this is the this is the later game of the day uh, this Sunday at 6.40pm Eastern on CBS number three seeded Steelers at the number one seeded New England Patriots this is a rematch of week seven in week seven it was in uh, Pittsburgh New England won 27-16 there was no Big Ben in that game though and New England had, had Gronk at the time and you know Big Ben's playing in this game and Gronk's out so should, should be interesting um during the Steelers' nine-game current nine-game winning streak, their defense is only allowed on average 16.5 points per game. So, their defense is definitely tightened up. And to throw it over to New England, man, New England's number one in the league in uh, fewest points allowed. They've only allowed 15.6 points per game. So, honestly, dude, you could ex- you could see this game being lower scoring. You could see this being uh, right. more of a defensive game. You know, you think about the Patriots and the Steelers, and you know, at first glimpse, you you would think, oh, that that's going to be a shootout. Excuse me, you got great offenses, but you also got some really good defenses there. The over-under on this game is only 51, so I, I would expect, I would take the under on that, um, just based on how the defenses are playing, um, but it, it should be a good game. Yeah, I, I think a, a good matchup to watch out for, it's it's going to be, um, the matchup, ha- I mean, obviously it hasn't happened for a while, but it's going to be Malcolm Butler and, and Antonio Brown. I, I feel like Mac- Malcolm Butler is going to shadow Antonio Brown the entire game. He has been, um, and he does it every pretty much every week with the number one receiver. And so look out for that matchup, and we'll see how how AB fares. I mean, not not to say that anybody can shut shut Antonio Brown down, but if there's anybody that can, I think Malcolm Butler would be ideal. Um, they kind of play to the same skills skill set to each other. They're both fast and both quick on their feet. So yeah, um, Antonio Brown he he respects Malcolm Butler a lot because he's one of those corners corners that does follow the number one. Whereas there's a lot of them like Richard Sherman, Josh Norman. They just hang on their side of the field and they don't follow the number one. So I like corners that will follow the number one more. I yep. think that's a a better. It's a it's a dying it's a dying trait. It doesn't it yeah. doesn't happen yeah. very often anymore. I think it's a better assessment of how good a corner is is if they can they can match up with the number one. You don't see receivers just hanging on one side of the field. You see right. them move around. Why can't corners should be able to move around yeah. too? Exactly. Um, for Steelers, expect more Le'Veon Bell this week. You know, through the first two games of the postseason, he's got fifty nine carries, three hundred thirty seven yards. He's just been a workhorse. Um, yeah, you just just expect 25, 30 carries in this game. Like I said earlier, you know you, how you beat Brady, how you beat Rodgers is you keep the ball out of their hands. So you do that by controlling the clock and running the ball. Yeah, absolutely. I think the key for Pittsburgh to win in this game, though, um, one thing that Big Ben struggles with is turnovers. He, he, he throws a lot of picks. He, he can't have multiple turnovers in this game. You know, maybe one no. pick, but he can't have more than more than one. Because all you're doing is you're just giving chances to, to Brady, and yep. you, you can't do that. You you have to play a perfect game to beat the Patriots. Yeah. Brady so. will eat you alive. Give him some. Give him a good field position, mm-hmm. like a pick at the thirty, and he's he's gonna eat you alive. And you do that when the when the Patriots lost to the Seahawks back like in week eight or week nine. I'm pretty sure this uh, Seattle had zero turnovers and uh, New England had two. So Russell Wilson had three touchdowns in that game and no pick. So you know that's one of the reasons why they won that game. Yep, and. I think another uh, that matchups is key. But, well, Big Ben having a good game is key. But I think another thing that um, we also need to see is we also need to see the uh, the secondary step up. They run a lot of very complex formations and things like that, where they send receivers and they send running backs out into the flat, things like that. So everybody in the secondary that's in coverage has to stay sharp when they play New England. You know, they have a lot of wizardry that goes on over there with their receivers and their running backs. So I think that's another big part of the the recipe to beat the Patriots and put Pittsburgh uh, Steelers back in the Super Bowl, go for number seven. Yeah, what, what's your, I want to ask you a question, what, what's your thoughts on Mike Tomlin? Because I think it was Terry Bradshaw that came out and said that, you know, he doesn't think Tomlin's a good coach. And I disagree with that, man. I think Tomlin's a really good coach. He's a player's coach. I mean, he drafted Antonio Brown, you know. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a, there's a certain recipe for being when you're a player's coach. Uh, not to be like the homer that I am, but I'm going to bring him up anyway. They t- talk about Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson was really a player's coach. But you have to be able to you, – you can be a player's coach, but you have to be able to flip the switch and then say like, hey, you're, you're listening to me because I'm the one that's running the show here. And I think that's what Tomlin does is he understands that he can be friends with his players, but he also understands that they work for him too. Uh, just think about Antonio Brown this week. 
after he released the video and he came out and he, he called Antonio Brown out you know so I guess I, I mean in my impression I think he's a good coach can you explain real quick what's a what's a player's coach a player's coach is somebody that is very it, it seems like you're you're hanging out with one of your one of your players one of your boys like it, it doesn't they don't make make it feel like they're they're in charge like they're in power they they see you as an equal um, and there's a certain balance you have to have I feel like when you have a player's coach you know I've played for guys that have been player's coaches I've played for guys that have you know they'll kick you they'll kick you while you're down and so the player's coaches there's a certain feeling to them like you know they're very friendly but they, they, if they get on you and they do their job right they, you respect them as a coach so I think that's a good thing that Mike Tomlin does and I think he gets underappreciated for that and he's young too he's not he's not and he's so you get a lot of older coaches that act more of that way where they want to kick you but that's just he's not going nowhere man he's he's been he's been to two super bowl two or three super bowls two super bowls um he didn't he didn't win the one with drum bennis right he wasn't there no i was bill cower he won the one with uh against the cardinals and then he was he played in the super bowl against the packers yeah um yeah i think he's i think he's a good coach man um for the Patriots, man, uh, I think la- last week was a, a Deion Lewis game. I, I think this week's going to be a big day for LeGarrette Blunt. Back in week seven when these teams played, LeGarrette Blunt had 24 carries, 127 yards, and two touchdowns. I, I, th- I think this is going to be a lot of bulk- ball control this week. And um, like I said, a low-scoring game. So I think LeGarrette Blunt gets a heavy load in this game. I think he only had like seven carries this past week. So expect him to have a, a pretty good game. Um, New England is third versus the run. Uh, this year, they've they've allowed the fewest rushing touchdowns all season, only six. So I think the key for New England to win is controlling Le'Veon Bell because he's the the focal part of that that Steelers offense. The Steelers passing game hasn't been utilized as much this postseason, but the running game has been used very heavy. So I think controlling Le'Veon Bell is the key for them to to walk out of there with a the victory. Yeah, I think another recipe for for success for New England is is to be able to run the ball really well. It's there's you've seen teams this season that have actually have a really good running game against the Steelers, have a lot of success. So I think that's a big key to to what they need to be able to do also. So who are you taking in this game? Uh, I'm gonna I'm still gonna take New England in this game. The home field advantage. Brady's been here before. How many times he's won? I don't know how many games now. We can't even count them on our hands and feet and. So I'm going to take New England, and, and I don't think it's going to be a, a wash. I think it's going to be a close game, but we know how Brady does in, in close games. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Steelers. It's really, really hard to get the pick against Brady and Belichick. I get that. Um, I've had the Steelers, you know, back in the, the preseason, I picked the Steelers as my team from the AFC. Um, I'm going to stick with them. Uh, I, I think if anybody can beat the Patriots, it's the Steelers. Out of the AFC, I don't see another team that can. I think the Raiders might have had a chance if Derek Carr was healthy. But I'm going to go with the Steelers in this game. I think Le'Veon Bell, I don't, I don't think the Patriots would be able to stop him. I don't think they'll be able to slow him down. I think he'll have another big game. and um, Yeah, I'll, I'll see the Steelers coming out on top. It's going to be a very close game, though. Yeah. Very close. The, 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 uh, I said the over-under, but the uh, Patriots are actually favored by six right now. I, I Even if the Patriots win, I don't, I don't see them winning by more than that. Um, no. I see it being a really close game and a fantastic one. Yep. So, uh, my buddy Clark... Uh, you know Clark, right, from the wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, he was telling me that he's a couple buddies of his are going to the game on Sunday, and they just bought two tickets, and they're like thousand bucks a piece. Oh my god! Like man, that's a lot of money, man. Um, all right, let's move on to the NFC Championship. Uh, we got the Packers, number four seeded Packers, at the number two seeded Atlanta Falcons. Oh, this game's gonna be high flying, man. The over under sixty one points. Uh, I, I'm gonna take the over on that, man. Uh, this is gonna be a fun game to watch. I'll tell you that it's gonna be fun. It's a rematch of Week Eight. Atlanta won 33-32 on a Muhammad Sanu touchdown with 31 seconds left in the game. So that one came down to the wire. Um, it's two of the best offenses in the NFL. Atlanta's first in points per game. Green Bay's fourth total offense. Atlanta's second. Green Bay's eighth. And then uh, turnover dif- differential, which is a very like underutilized stat, which can really, if you look at your turnover di- differential, it'll kind of, it'll kind of tell you which teams are good and which ones are not. Atlanta's fourth. Green Bay's sixth. Um, you got the two, the two no doubt. I think MVP candidates, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers. It's gonna be one of those two guys to win it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be good, man. I'm excited. Yeah, I think, uh, I think a big thing to watch for this week is gonna be uh, the defenses of both teams. <laughs> They're probably gonna get shredded up by both offenses. So I think it's gonna come down to who's, what defense is gonna make the key stop late in the game because I think that's, that's where it'll go. I mean, there's. These offenses are insane. I'm just looking at the numbers, like total yards, 
passing yards. It's just it, and both defenses crazy are, numbers. Both defenses are near the bottom, like five mm-hmm. or bottom half of the of the league. Yeah, so <laughs> it's not gonna be fun I, to be a cornerback in this game. I know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, they got to go cover Julio and then got to worry about Aaron Rodgers, so that's uh, it's not a good thing to be a, a defense in the NFC. Jordan, Jordan Nelson's not expected to play in this game. Um, it, it really didn't slow down the offense last week. They still scored 34 points. He's definitely going to be missed, but um, they wish, wish, I'm sure they wish he was there, but um, you know, if, he, if the Packers move on, you know, he, he probably will play in the Super Bowl. Um, in the previous meeting, there was, there was no running game. Rodgers was the leading rusher. He had 60 yards. Ty Montgomery was out injured in that game. We were using Niall Davis at the time, like for the couple of games that we had him. Um, Christian Michael wasn't there yet. I expect the running backs to get around 15 carries in this game. That's what they got about last week. I'm talking about that. I'm saying Montgomery, maybe Michael will get a carry or two, and then Rupkowski. Um, The rest of the running game is going to come from those little sling passes to Cobb and Montgomery in the flats that they usually do. That's that's their running game a lot of the times it's just those little those little throws and yep. you know five or six yards um jared cook also didn't play in the previous meeting and he's been a, a a huge part of that offense and the resurgence the last half of the season so um i, I see him having a big impact Devonte adams is questionable with a with a pretty severe high ankle sprain so the packers expect him to play but if he doesn't go you know randall cobb geronimo allison are the, t- the top two targets expect cook to even be more involved in that game Montgomery to be involved a lot. Um, my my key for Green Bay to win this game, slow down number eleven, man. Julio yep. Jones, slow him down. Yep. Um, on, on inside the NFL last night, Brandon Marshall predicted he's gonna he's gonna set a record for most receiving yards in a playoff game. Around he's gonna have around three hundred. So I, I hope that doesn't happen. I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> but, but but he's capable, which he's, is oh, crazy. He's of it. <laughs> What's funny is you remember when they when he scored when he sorry when he had three hundred receiving yards against Carolina. It was against uh, Ben Wickery. Ben Wickery? Ben, ben, ben Wickery or whatever? Yeah. yeah. So he got cut after that game. You know who just picked him up and signed him to their practice squad? The Packers. <laughs> so he's, I don't think he's going to play, but I mean... I just said for some depth. Yeah, just, just kind of funny. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, I think the performance of Morgan Burnett, who's questionable, we'll see if he plays HaHa Clinton Dix and Micah Hyde, is, is really crucial um, to slowing down the Falcons' passing attack. They got a bang, banged up group of corners right now. Um, Ladarius Gunter got got shredded last week by Des Bryant, so those guys are really gonna have to have an impact on this game and and hold down that secondary. And you know, Haha Clinton Dix, you know, I think he was like second team All Pro this year. I think he was a uh, he was a, a a Pro Bowl guy. And Morgan Burnett's a fantastic safety. So and Micah Hyde is an underappreciated guy in the NFL. So I think that's the key, man. You gotta slow down that passing attack. Absolutely, yeah, on both sides. We gotta yeah. slow down both sides. So, yeah. um, that, I think that's a key for the Atlanta Falcons too, is take the ball out of Rogers' hands. Their offense is so quick strike that I think it's gonna give time for Rogers to get the ball back. And I mean, you can see them move down the field so fast, and, and then they score. They did it on Seattle all game, and so we'll see how they fare against against the uh, trying to you know get the run game evolved a little bit more. Yeah, for the Falcons, um, this is Matt Ryan's time to shine, man. This is the best team he's ever played. He's played on. They went thirteen and three back in twenty eleven. They lost to Green Bay in the uh, divisional round. They had home field advantage that year, and uh, Green Bay walked in there and, and uh, they beat them up like I think it was like 42, 21, something like that. It was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Matt Ryan's time. Like you know, he's, he's the best year of his career. He hasn't. He's won a couple of playoff games. He's won two playoff games. Sorry, he's won two playoff games. Both wins have been against the Seahawks. Um, so I think this game is, is really important for him and his legacy and, and how he's viewed around the league. So yep. um, expect a big game from him. Julio Jones was hurt in the first quarter last time these teams played, so he didn't have much of an impact. Tevin Coleman was out last game, so they'll have those guys back and, and healthy. Julio Jones is always hurt, so but uh, we'll, we'll, see if it's, we'll see if it slows him down at all. I think the key for Atlanta to win, um, they need to blitz Rodgers impress the receivers you can't give Rodgers extra time inside or outside of the pocket if he gets outside of the pocket he's lethal he, he's better than anybody in the NFL or probably better than anybody all time outside of the pocket he's he just knows how to make plays you know just ask the Dallas Cowboys yes sir um he'll make you pay outside the pocket mm-hmm. um, they also need to stop Green Bay on third down Green Bay is 46.7 percent success rate on third downs that's second in the NFL only behind the Saints so those are my keys for Atlanta to win yeah this could be Atlanta's first uh, 
Super Bowl appearance. Or, excuse me, Super Bowl if they win. So it'd be very interesting for them to see. Did they not... They haven't won a Super Bowl. They they, they were they were in there. They played against the Broncos back and when they had like Chris Chandler and Jamal Anderson and have not won a Super Bowl yet. Okay. Zero league championships. Okay. Okay. So it'd be pretty interesting to see if they they make it. I I would uh, I would be excited because a lot of these guys are like you you think about Julio and you think about you know Matt Ryan and, and all these guys, but um, some of these guys haven't even been that far. Like this first NFC Championship game for for some of these guys and. We'll see how they play. Uh, who, so Matt Ryan and Julio Jones have been in one. They played some of these guys, not all. Of them. Okay, okay. No, I'm just saying. I'm thinking about the, those are more of the veteran guys. But some of the guys, I mean, it's their first. Like this last playoff game is their first yeah. playoff game, and then this yeah. coming up one's gonna be the first NFC Championship game. So it's gonna be really cool to watch watch the two teams play. Who are you taking in this game? Um, uh, I went back and forth on this, but uh, run the table. Yeah, I think they're gonna run the table again. I like it. It's dude. I I went back and forth, and oh, this is such a hard game to pick. Like I don't even have like I have a team written down right now. I don't, I don't even know. Either team can win this game. Um, oh man, I'm gonna go with the Packers just because that's my squad. I feel like I I, I gotta pick them. I had Falcons written down because dude, that offense is just it's so good. Like they're they're. There's been no flaws in that offense the last six mm-hmm. or seven weeks. Like he's been in playoff mode for a while, uh, but it's it's so hard to pick against number twelve. Rodgers is just he's so good. He's on fire right now. There's nobody playing better football on him than him in the NFL. It's really hard to pick against pick against him. Now the one thing that I think that may hurt the Packers is the players around him. Ro- or Ryan's definitely got better players surrounding him just because of injuries. But I'm gonna go Packers, man. So. I got Packers Steelers in the Super Bowl. You got Packers Patriots in the Super Bowl. What's awesome, man, about this year's Super Bowl? Think about last year. Last year was the de- defensive game. I, I didn't. Last year's Super Bowl kind of sucked, in my opinion. It was kind of boring. Um, this year, it should be exciting, man. No matter who, no, no matter what teams get in there, there's gonna be a lot of offense, which yeah. which make it should make it fun. Um, I hope it's in Houston. Remember last time it was in Houston? It was uh, Carolina and. Excuse me, New England that played, and both teams scored in the third in the thirties. I'm pretty sure. So I, I, that'd be awesome yeah. if we had another Super Bowl like that. No, no type of weather, anything, because nope. energy is is dome, and it's gonna be a great game, no matter who goes. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm. It's a bittersweet because you get to see the Super Bowl, but then you realize football season is coming to an end. I know. I know. It's terrible. I'm, think, I'm thinking about that because like next week sucks because you just have that week without football. I mean, you got the Pro Bowl. I don't even watch the Pro Bowl. I, I'll watch the Senior Bowl, but yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's a. Uh, it seems like the season just started, and and now it's about to be over, and it's yeah. it's sad, man. It's a. Uh, football's become though it's become a a, a year round sport. It's not there. There's always, the off season is very eventful. Um, I watch NFL Network all off season. I, I can't get into NBA just the way that league is turned. It's it's not what it used to be. It's not as exciting. I turned the Warriors Thunder game on last night for a little while and got bored and turned it off. Um, <laughs> Baseball season, I enjoy baseball season. Um, it's just so long. I get halfway through the year, like after the All Star break, I start to like get more into football mode and just break away from baseball. But um, living out here in Arizona, we get the privilege to go to spring training games, so that'll that'll Absolutely. be fun. That'll yeah. be fun. But well, that's our show for this week, guys. I, I hope you guys um, really enjoyed it. I hope you guys liked our previews. I hope you guys enjoyed the games this week. Good luck to your team if your team's in it. I know I got several friends who you know I got a buddy that's an Atlanta fan, some that are Steelers fans, some that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> got several people that are Patriots fans. So, good luck to your team if you're going to the game. Have fun, dress warm, enjoy. I'll be sitting back watching it. So my heart will be pounding for for three hours. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll enjoy, see. enjoy the enjoy the show that these two games are going to be. These are the, these games will not be boring. Uh, they're going to be eventful games. Look at the quarterbacks you got, man. Big Ben, Brady, Rodgers, Ryan. Those, those could be the top four quarterbacks yeah, in the NFL. Absolutely. Like it's going to be out in some outstanding games. It's a, it's it's been a good year for football, and it's it's going to end with a bang. So enjoy the games, guys. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us um, at the Two Man Blitz. Email us the Two Man Blitz at gmail.com. If you have any feedback or any thoughts or anything you guys want to do, anything you guys want to see in the off season that we can that we can do to keep the show going, just, just let us know. 
Um, and we will uh, we will chat with you guys next week. Uh, don't be surprised if the show comes out on Thursday. You know, you know, we'll try to do Wednesday, but it could be a Thursday. But keep looking out for it. We'll make sure and post one. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, as always, thank you Easy Spaces for hosting us. No doubt, no doubt. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you.